time to enter the K-hole with America's least coherent podcast, The Pod People. That's coherent with a K. I'm one tease, two tease, red tease, blue tease. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, with context, that's really funny. (laughs) I know! (laughs) I'm uh, Ben Sheets, and you know, a few episodes ago I said some very insensitive things about the Finnish people. And I just want to apologize for absolutely nothing. <laughs> Finnish people come at me. You know what? You have the you're probably the the lowest tier of Scandinavians. You're finished. You, know, you have the worst black metal of all the Scandinavians. Well, how about that? We've let's, had this conversation. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. There, there are no Norway or Sweden. Let's get real all here. Right. Hey. Who are you? Double gang, double gang, double gang, double gang. <laughs> hey, it's me, Cleveland Mosher. Oh, man. Well, How's this... for a 2013 reference? That, that song came out later than 2013. Uh, it's it? around like that 2016. Time. Yeah. yeah so, well, three years. Yeah, what is it? But it's, it's, aged, it's aged about as well. <laughs> uh, well, this week is a, is a, a Patreon pick. And this film was picked for us by one of our honorary pod boys, Zach. Zach has picked a 2013 film called Coherence that I had never fucking even heard of before this. I'd seen it. Ben had seen it. It was new to me in Cleveland. And, you know, I'm not 100% convinced that Zach didn't pick this as a prank. I Because I feel like this is going to be... One of the most difficult films to talk about coherently, <laughs> pun intended, that we've ever had that we've ever done on the podcast. I'm kind of excited about it. I'd say I I would say that we just don't try to keep <laughs> the narrative straight at all. I think that's going to be a, a bad time for us and a bad listen for. I our- think- the movie for the people. hardly does, so I think that's allowed. I think that's okay. Yeah, I don't the whole know. Movies about things getting out of whack. I like. I was able to follow what was happening. Well, yeah, because it's pretty simple. Because it's pretty. It's it's much more straightforward than it than it makes itself out to believe. But I feel like it's very difficult to describe in a way that makes sense. Well, if yeah, if you describe the events of the movie from front to back, yeah, like it doesn't it doesn't work. But doesn't it, it is very sense. easy to describe what happens in this movie. Sure. Well, this film was written and directed by James Ward Burkett, and I was curious, who is this guy? So I was looking, I was looking at what he's done before. He hasn't directed a whole lot, um, but that's okay. Neither have I. He he did write he did in addition to this he did write the story for Rango, mm, underrated movie, underrated movie, and he wrote and directed the Rango video game for the Nintendo Wii. Hell yeah! <laughs> uh, I haven't played it. So I have not I can't either. Speak on it. Um, but he also some of his other credits. He was a co-producer on The Forest, which is an absolutely dog shit movie that came out in 2016 um all right uh he did he was a storyboard artist on baby driver um and also uh pirates of the caribbean dead man's chest and pirates of the caribbean at world's end storyboard artist on both of those movies also 
Davy Jones's face. Consultant on Pirates of the Caribbean Curse of the Black Pearl. What kind of consultant? I don't know. What qualifies him as a consultant for a pirate movie? I don't know. I'd like to find out. So he was a consultant on the first one, and then in the other And then a storyboard artist for two of the others, but not all of them. And then also wrote and directed Rango for the Nintendo Wii. This guy's career isn't coherent, which I kind of respect, honestly. It sounds like he's bouncing around, he's finding his truth, and I'm with it. You said Rango's good, right? So The the movie is. He just just wrote the story. I don't think he did the the final script, but... um, Well, didn't the... I haven't seen Rango, but isn't it wasn't it originally like just a movie that they shot? It was. Most it was going and... to. It was originally supposed to be live action, and they shot a good chunk of it live action. I don't remember why they decided to pivot to Trying animation. To lizard, yeah. Um. Kind of glad they did. Yeah. Well, I mean, like you know, in animation, like your best work is usually referenced from some yeah. sort of video footage, whether it's like rotoscoped or just like again, like you're just studying the movement or. You know, digitally yeah. mapping it or whatever. Like, there's usually pulling from life is your best bet. So it makes sense. Anyway, I feel like we're trying to avoid talking about coherence. A little bit, yeah. Um, <laughs> a little bit. Well, this is this is a yeah, sci-fi this is your thriller of sorts. You know, in the vein of something like a primer, where it's yes. very time I've travel. I've been a primer. Folk. You haven't. You don't know primer. I know primer. I was making a joke. He's being saying, a, he's being obtuse. I'm being a shit. Yeah, fuck you, yeah. bitch. Actually, I haven't heard of a primer, but anyway. Alright, moving on. You were no. saying. One of those type of movies. Yeah. There's plenty of those type of movies. Cerebral. what I'm Summer trying goods. to say. Yeah, cerebral, quote-unquote, cerebral, low-budget, talky, sci-fi sure. thriller yeah. with lots of exposition. tends to be a genre I like. I Can tend, be. I tend to support the genre... I've never seen Primer. I've heard it's very hard either. to follow. I haven't seen Primer or a Primer. <laughs> Shut the Shut fuck up, up Cleveland. I, I won't. It's a podcast. I'm getting legitimately it's pissed. I, to talk. <laughs> I said a Primer because it's a great example of this type of yeah, movie. Yeah, it's like a Primer. I know. I know. I was just having... I'm not making fun of you. I was just having fun. We're good. We can, we can carry on. This is starting to feel like... This is starting to feel pretty incoherent. <laughs> Yeah, so, great start. Yeah, so this movie, you know, plays around with time. Uh, it's a very low-budget movie. It, you know, it's very single location. You know, I would describe this it... this house and the outside around it. I would describe it as mumblecore, even. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, especially in the opening 20 or 30 minutes, there's a ton of overlapping dialogue. Yes, lots of trademarks of classic mumblecore cinema going in this one. Like you said, lots of overlapping dialogue. A lot of it's probably heavily improvised, I would bet. It looks like mostly only natural lights, like in-set lights, for the most part. (laughs) Um... Not great audio quality. All of the hallmarks of you know we're trying we're just trying to focus on a, an interesting story with compelling characters. The presentation is not what's important. I don't know how successful the movie is at that. Well, the characters are. That's the bigger. That's the big issue with it is rough. that the characters suck. They're rough. Yeah. I I like mumblecore. Ben and I took a, a class on mumblecore in college. And I I really liked that class. Watched a lot of good movies. 
computer chess, color we're, wheel. We're being very vague about this movie. The the, the concept is uh, a comet is going overhead the night of a dinner party. And as the comet goes across, turns out that multiple realities kind of converge upon themselves. It's ca- it's causing quantum detanglement. Yes. So yeah. basically like the house is split in the small zone of um, any number of realities is what we eventually find out over the course of the movie. That's yeah. what we're kind of clumsily delivered to us through really blatant exposition. Um, like the guy just happens to have a brother in it who has a book that happens to be in his car and it's like, you know, who who's able to perfectly explain the whole thing. Uh, this this miscellaneous <laughs> event. I don't. I, I I think this movie would have benefited from being more vague, uh, and not being so like direct in its exposition. Um, yeah. And also, I think if you're gonna have a film, sorry, I'm just gonna get my thoughts out there real quick. If you're gonna if you're gonna have a film about doppelgangers and alternate realities and such um, with insufferable characters, you have a great opportunity to like torture and kill off these insufferable characters. But we we don't get that either. We just uh, the only person. It's all just like was me. It's all just like mostly interpersonal drama. Yeah, and and frankly too, it's pretty pretty base drama that's, too. It's it's a little you know, like I saw I, her in the hallway with him. Like it, it's literally like a line from the film. I felt this way the first time I saw it. Um, I was looking back at my letterboxed. I gave it a three the first time, and you know yeah. I think. Over the course of seeing it a second time, I, I've come to appreciate some of the narrative stuff a little bit more. Um, I think the ping pong paddle uh, being used as kind of a symbol in the first box in the mm-hmm. movie is a great representation of this movie. Yeah. Because it's like uh, very much a ping ponging narrative. You know, you take narrative elements that happen later in the movie and you shove hints of them earlier. And the characters themselves are literally ping-ponging between all of these different quantum realities. And I think a lot of that is pretty clever and pretty, you know, interestingly done. I do agree that the characters... That is the biggest problem that this movie has, because I agree with you. I think conceptually this movie is pretty interesting. I think a a really good movie can be made out of this same premise Mm -hmm. using a number of like the narrative beats that this movie does, but especially for a movie where there is minimal violence or anything that you would call action all of the tension is coming or supposed to come from the mystery unraveling and how the characters react to that and how they relate to one another and the tensions that come up there gotta have interesting characters you gotta have character at least a couple of characters that i don't fucking loathe i hate Every single character in this movie. Yeah. And for a good chunk of the movie, I thought I was supposed to. For, like, the what? first half of the movie, I was like, this is, like, very on the nose. They're, like, they live in California. They're all, like, different brand of insufferable white California yuppie. Every single one of them is. And I thought that that was, that it was, like, satire. Yeah, it was set up for a payoff. 
that there was going to be that they were going to get the characters were going to get like some sort of comeuppance that relates to each of their individual insufferable traits. But that doesn't really happen, and by the end of the movie, I'm like, oh, I don't think those characters are supposed to be intentionally unlikable. I think they're just actually unlikable characters. Fortunately for us, there is a movie out there that is also about a quantum destabilization event where we're forced to, like, meet and interact with all these different characters before the quantum... Uh, realm is closed and uh, we're able to get through all of that it's a really good movie with like really compelling characters it's called Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse and it already (laughs) thankfully it exists like I thought you were going to make a big plot. pitch for uh, the new the quantum Ant-Man thing. Movie. I know, I, yeah, I started to, yeah. Like, uh, but, yeah, no, that, that uh, metaphor Quant- also. Quantum Mania. Also the new Spider-Man. But yeah. It wasn't really that good. The Spider-Verse? Oh, Into the Spider-Verse. Was yeah, I was thinking about the other. No, 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 yeah, because yeah, like Spider-Verse. Multiverse. It's, it's, uh, adjacent. There's a, there's a quantum Spider-Man destabilization. Movie. All the realities are colliding, and they have to, like, either help or thwart each other before the and help the reality close. And In fairness to Ben, that also describes the most recent live-action Spider-Man oh, I haven't seen it. too. Yeah. I mean, I haven't either, yeah. but remember they're bringing back all the different spider oh, yeah, that was Tobey like, Maguire yeah. and Andrew Garfield and all the villains and shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also, I guess, I don't know yet, yeah. Quantumania has anything to do with that. I don't really care to know. Okay. We can I'm, move on. I'm, yeah. I'm going to attempt... a bit. I'm going to attempt to very simply and briefly break down each of the characters so we can easily refer to them throughout the rest of the podcast. And I don't remember their names. We're using descriptors. One, we've got Blonde. Uh, she is a comet expert and the protagonist. Ballerina. <laughs> and a ball- yeah, ballerina. Yeah, that, that, that doesn't really... Ballerina Hobbit. That doesn't really have a purpose. Yeah. Professional ballerina, Comet Hot. Well, she's the hot. hot one. She's hot. Yeah, the hot, she's the a hot one. She's the. <laughs> well, she's, yeah, she's the protagonist. Comet hobbyist. Yeah, we're for some reason. So oh, convenience for the plot. So blonde comet hobbyist protagonist. Chin. Chin. That is the boy. That is her boyfriend. Oh, I thought it was. I thought it was her boyfriend's previous lover, because she also has a huge chin. No, that's red dress. I'll get to her. Okay. <laughs> so we've got blonde, okay. then we've got chin. Chin is the boyfriend. All right. Then we have red dress, who is chin's ex-girlfriend, and she's also a bitch. Then we've got... Uh, glasses. We've, we've got, got glasses. glasses. She goes and takes a nap for a good chunk of the movie. We've blue glasses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we've got uh, we've got vest. Uh, he's an actor and he's married to Roswell. glasses. Roswell. Roswell. Yeah. He uh, and a drinking problem. Uh, we've got. Well, no, he's sober, but he was worried that a different version of him was drinking. Well, and, then he starts drinking well, and Well, that's the thing. Yeah. That's worrying other people because they're like, he doesn't normally drink and now he's drinking. I'm worried about what he'll do. Yeah. So Vest, with, Vest douchey actor with a drinking problem. Uh, then we've got Hippie um, who brings over ketamine for the party and is all uh, concerned about feng shui and shit. She's one of the most annoying ones. Yeah. Uh, then we've got Beard, who is her husband, yeah. um, who has uh, the exposition brother. Probably the most tolerable character, but the exposition part is pretty intolerable. Beard uh, has exposition brother, and then I there, like that actor's charisma. At least then there is uh, V neck, 
he is in the movie. It looks like John Benjamin a little bit. Kinda. Scrawnier. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I think that's all of our characters. I don't know if that really did make it much easier, so, but... <laughs> this movie has, like, written, script written to coffee shop kind of vibes to me. Yeah, um, I feel... And I, I think, you know, what sort of comes with that is that mentality of, like, oh, you gotta write a little bit of yourself into each of your characters. I don't want to meet the person who wrote all these characters. <laughs> Well, I don't I, know. At first, it came across as self-aware, but by the end of it, it just it seems yeah, like yeah, that's, that's who a the thing. Well, I, and with the dialogue too, like it does feel like it's doing the the mumblecore thing of like less. There's like a hard script and more like ideas that are trying to be conveyed, and then just sort of letting the actors do that mm. with their own words. Yeah. There are certain parts where there probably was a script, but I I feel like there are large chunks where they're just kind of letting them. Improv. Well, in terms yeah. of the ideas, too, the ideas are, I think, the strong suit of this movie. Yeah. I think, you know, the the, the narrative play of things kind of, again, ping-ponging from, you know, different realities is the most interesting part of the movie. And the thing that kind of saves this movie from being just a complete train wreck. Maybe. So, you've got a bunch of insufferable people in a house together. Right. Right. And a comet goes overhead, and it starts making reality all fucky-wucky. Mm-hmm. Okay? Fucky-wucky. So, the issue, I think the most frustrating thing about this film to me, was it's fairly early on, it's pretty clear that something is wrong with reality. Right. Like, almost immediately. All the lights are out except this one up the street. Uh, they're seeing, they pretty quickly see alternate versions of themselves as well with the, the glow sticks. And, yeah, there's a know, little bit of interplay and, with them trying to go to the other house, and then while some people are gone, oh, there's somebody who came and knocked on our yeah. door. Who was that? And it's like, oh, it was us. And like the movie starts out by one of the characters saying, "Hey, my scientist brother, my my exposition brother, told me we shouldn't be going outside." And then it's immediately shown by the people who go outside that they shouldn't be going outside. Like bad things happen. Not yeah. terrible things. But well, bad. not only that the does the exposition brother say that he shouldn't go outside, it's that he specifically told him that, hey, the comet is passing overhead tonight, so if anything weird starts happening, you need to get in touch with me, like, ASAP. Why? I don't fucking know. The comet is in the atmosphere. It's not just going over this one street. It's presumably going over, the, like the where the brother is too, right? I don't know why it's like, like it's going oh, the if, west coast. Oh, if anything weird happens tonight, be sure to call me right away. So it's like okay, even though we all mysteriously don't have any cell phone signal all of a sudden. The lights went out, and everything's dark on the street, except for this one lit-up house up the block. I may, I really need to go get in touch with my brother. Like, Also, like, just approaching the house, wouldn't you realize that the lit-up house is the same is house? Is the same house. Like, wouldn't you immediately recognize Reco- the house yeah. that you're in? <laughs> like, that's that's what... I, that was a huge plot hole like i i don't know like for the most part i mean i'm guessing presumably like it's it's dark so maybe like you just they if they live in a subdivision like all the houses kind of look the same it's not a huge deal but it's a little insufferable and like there's just so many of those little things for me like i don't know if it like i call this coherence or convenience um there's a lot of things are just i really like how it's set up with uh uh one of the characters uh our main protagonist ballet 
ballerina girl. Blonde. Yeah. Blonde. Uh, mm-hmm. She she talks about how she looked up uh, a comet passing in the 20s over Finland and how there were reports of people wandering off and not recognizing people they would recognize. Yeah, a woman said that her husband wasn't her husband because she killed her husband yesterday or something like that. So, Yeah. Well, and what turns out is we get that exact kind of thing. Yeah. They they do, looking, looking ahead into the movie, they do sort of do a lot of, like, I would say clever enough, like, sort of foreshadowings to things that happen in later I, in the movie. I don't love the dialogue, but, like, there are, there are I, enough... Do you think this part is clever? No, but please, go ahead. Sorry, yeah, like, the, the part where, where she's like, Hey, uh, I heard about a comet one time that did this thing, and then this comet also does that thing. Like, I thought, I thought that was, like, mad heavy-handed. No, I was going to give another example, but... All right, go for it, go for it. Um, <laughs> See, I think, I think with that example, like, it isn't overly heavy-handed because uh, it's so early in the movie that, again, is it feels like it's ping-pong. We know that something spooky is going to happen with Something the is going to happen, but we don't know what it is until later. Yeah. And that becomes more relevant later. Well, and like, for instance, I, I remember what I was going to say. The One of the, the things that they're having a conversation about at the beginning, I don't think this conversation is particularly interesting in the moment, but they're talking about blonde... Uh, how she red dress is being like, oh, are you still doing the the last time I saw you, you were doing some dance thing, and she's like, oh, that didn't happen because they called in some other dancer who took my spot, and then I didn't want to be the understudy, but then so this other woman came in, became the understudy, and then she ended up taking the lead at the end, and so and red dress is like, oh yeah, so this woman like stole your life. She took your life, and she has the life that you think that you should have. And it's like, that's exactly what Blonde does at the end of the movie. That's true. And I do think that that is not... That is a less heavy-handed setup, because, like, that... At that point, like, everybody's just fucking talking. Like, that kind of detail doesn't, like, stick, I think. Well, and I would even argue that you have an inherent challenge making this type of movie on this type of budget mm-hmm. um, because it's so low budget and dialogue based. You have to explain some of this to the With audience. Eight, eight primary characters. Yeah. You have to explain some of this stuff directly or people won't understand what's going on. And to do it by, by doing narratively fitting kind of uh, adjacent things like this, I think it helps explain what's going on a lot better than directly laying stuff out. The movie does do some, like, really egregious directly laying stuff sure, out. yeah. I think, for instance, when they're talking about the brother, and they're like, do you have, are there any of the, of his books in the house? And the hippie lady is like, oh, I just happened to have one of his books in the backseat of the car that I was going to mail back to him, but I had, I forgot to do it. So let, let's go get that out of the car. And she comes back in and they open it up and it's like, oh, it's his lecture notes. And here's a thing about, 
uh, quantum entanglement and decoherence and Schrodinger's cat. And they read that and we're like, whoa, that's exactly what's happening. It's like... Convenience. Yeah, convenience. Like, you figure that out because your professor brother left a book at your house that you happen to have in the backseat of your car that explains exactly what you're experiencing. Like... I think that kind of stuff, I would much rather them err on the side of ambiguity. I would rather... Well, as soon as they see their doppelgangers across the streets wearing, like, yeah. the glow sticks that are a different color, we know what's happening. Right. We already do when they're like, oh, we saw the house and it looked like this house. Like, we, before we even see the doppelgangers, we know what's happening. So this on top of it is like, yeah, we fucking get it. And it's just throughout the movie, they're just keeping yeah, and it's that like, repeated. And as the characters all, one at a time, really slowly come to terms with the, the only reality that's been stated from the beginning of the film. And it's, it's frustrating. Yeah, this movie definitely does have a case of the characters being a few too many steps behind the audience and, like, realizing what's going on, I mm-hmm. think. Because, like, usually movies like this, they have one character who is smart. And that's usually, like, the the, the lens we view the, the film through. Mm. And they're a little ahead of the curve, and they're able to kind of catch everyone else up. And they kind of have that in, like, the brother guy, but he's also super behind the curve And it's like, I don't have too. a problem with the film foreshadowing things in a way that, like, lets you as the, as the viewer feel smart. Like, hey, I called that. I saw that coming. I feel good yeah. about that. Instead, it just makes them all feel but there's, stupid. There's, there were so many times when we were watching this movie where one of us would say something ten minutes before it happened in the movie. Yeah, or longer. Or, and it's like, with some of that stuff, is like, the character should be here with me as well i i have a fundamental question to both of y'all sure about this the whole structure of the movie do you think this movie would even exist if the characters were less insufferable because the whole concept of them even leaving the house you know kind of hinges on them being insufferable because like if you had good characters why would they even leave the house why why wouldn't they just Stay in the house. So there's a couple things you got to save this movie. One, the characters could still be insufferable, but there was there would be more comeuppance. Now that means more budget because like comeuppance means deaths, kills, whatever. And like I can see this movie was clearly working on like a very minimal budget and used. Well, also like that wasn't the type of movie that this it was is. going for. Okay, yeah. so yeah, let's play within those bound those boundaries. You're right. In that case, what you would do, even still, is you need to up the threat a little bit. Um, so a good film that does this is Cube, where they're all in a weird circumstance, you know, in a place that, in a foreign, you know, the house has become a foreign environment, you know, like, like Cube, Cube is a foreign environment. And some people are trying to work together to solve the problem, the, the weird esoteric problem, and some people start to go crazy and cause problems, right? This movie tries, kind of does that, but it's a half measure and it's poorly explained. Also, in Cube, like when the people go crazy, like there's plenty of cause for it. Also, I don't think I don't think anything that happens in this movie hinges upon the likability of the characters. Like, yeah. horror as a genre relies on characters making irrational decisions yes, all the time, sure. and it doesn't have anything to do with their likability. I think you're kind of onto something in the regard that like 
spoilers, whatever, uh, when Blonde just, like, leaves later, is walking around to all the different houses and, like, looking in them and, like, every, pretty much every single one, they're all, like, at each other's throats and, like, like fighting and stuff. You you saw even worse outcomes where some were, like, tied up. Yeah, right. Where they're where they're just like it's constant conflict and then she finds the one where like everybody's just like vibing and laughing and having a good time and happy and it's like I'm going to steal that light. Like that's the the reality I want to live in. I do think that that is harder to pull off maybe with likable characters, but I also think that there's plenty of middle ground. Like, Cube is another good example where Cube is full of unlikable characters, but there are still at least a couple where you can find some kind of point of relation you can kind of root for a little bit. It's like, I hate all those other characters, but I'm rooting for you. And this movie lacks even that. If even two of these characters were likable or sympathetic, I think it would be... Mm a lot better. And again, like by the end of the movie, I I don't think that the characters were intentionally unlikable. I think I think they're just badly written characters. A, a big saving like they're just factor. annoying. Yeah, absolutely. A big saving factor too can can be like just the character having like any degree of like fun charisma. Um like in and then it can be a lot less insufferable when they make poor decisions. In this case, yeah, they're it's it's sort of compounded. Yeah. Like it, it's it's both they are not likable people and also they make bad decisions and i think that you should really try to have one or the other um and i think either it could have worked for this film just fine uh i would have i would have uh just made them not all like a like a like a southern california like cookie cutter you know also character there just needs to be fewer of them yeah i think this movie would be so much better if the cast was like four or five yeah that especially especially to go off and take a nap yeah exactly <laughs> like, dude absolutely. one of the characters literally just gets up sleeps and goes the movie. goes and sleeps for like half the I mean, movie jealous honestly and it's like i i think that you could accomplish the same things that this movie does with way fewer characters, with half the characters, you know? Especially in a movie where, like, you've made the point, Ben, like, it's not about, like, necessarily bad things happening to the characters. Like, there's not, there's not, like, a monster or something. There's not really much real violence in the movie. So it's like, you don't need bodies for a body count. So why the fuck are there eight characters? I thought for sure... When this movie started and it just kept introducing characters, I'm like, okay, some people to fucking die off in weird ways, whatever's going to be happening in this movie. No. Nope. Not a single character dies in this movie. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, ultimately at its core, I I understand that some people consider this horror or cosmic horror. But I, I would say it's more of a sci-fi, sci-fi thriller. Sci-fi thriller, for sure, you yeah. You know, it, it very much isn't horror, necessarily. The stakes are too and low. And if you're looking for that, you're probably going to have a worse time than if you're primed for... The stakes are too something low. ...something that's more sci-fi, mindfuck type of stuff. Yeah, literally, literally the only, like, threat of this movie that doesn't even really make itself clear until like the last 
20 minutes maybe the only real threat is oh what if you end up stuck back in a reality that is identical to your own but not your own yeah it reminds me of it's like that's kind of existentially like sort of like cool idea it reminds me a little bit of there was a twilight zone episode uh the monsters on maple street Ooh, i I don't know uh where it has something similar because like it's the idea that you know you're in a a similar reality to yours where you don't belong, mm-hmm. and but I everything mean, is different. familiar. Yeah, everything's familiar, but just slightly different. Everyone and, has a pig nose except for you. You know, yeah, yeah. I, shit, I mean, that's kind of the, <laughs> what the Twilight Zone is as a series is built around, isn't it? Yeah, it's like it's kind of familiar, but not really. And it's like tons, yeah. tons of like of movies have have been hinged on that premise i'm like yeah it's fine but i yeah us but also yeah like i don't feel like this movie does a great job with the sort of inherent uncanniness of doppelgangers like you know it's not really trying to because a lot of the the quote-unquote drama hinges on discovering that Throughout the course of this movie, enough people... Basically, anytime somebody goes outside, they end up in another reality. Mm-hmm. And, and they, at some point, everyone... At does. first, they for a good chunk of the movie, they think there's just the two realities. There's them and the other. They're the, the, they're the blue team, and then there's the red team, because the color of their glow sticks. And then it's like, oh, we start to realize, whoa, no, actually, there's way more, and there's potentially infinite realities and they have all of these i i think i'll say varying degrees of clever ways of figuring that stuff out and some of that is is interesting but again like there's not it starts to get at something existential there where it's like oh what if you i like i want to make sure i end up back in my own reality i don't want to end up in a reality where things are potentially different I don't know. I well, it's it's a it's a circumstance where which and again, this is cool. Like if you zoom all the way out, you look at it just the the core premise level. of the film, yeah, yeah. conceptual level. It's dope. Yeah, it's a good idea, and I think there's a lot you can do with it. I think it's just also when those things happen, when they're paced out compared to where we already are as an audience, that's where a lot of these problems start to come up. But no, I mean. At a certain point, yeah, they all, through various means, have have figured out, oh, we all saw something different in that box when the, the Schrodinger's box was opened, yeah. right? Um, yeah, they, they, have, they, they have a literal Schrodinger's box. box. Yeah, like, and they, they talk about, like, Schrodinger's box beforehand, too. It's, yeah, it's, all, it's a little heavy. <laughs> like, um, it is okay, though. Like, uh, uh, where they, at one point, they go out, they come back with the box, and we realize, oh, that was a different group that actually came back with the box originally anyway, so they put something different in the box, and then everyone, later on she comes across, across a house where everyone sees something different in the box. So the idea is we have Schrodinger's cat where the cat, you know, you don't know if the cat is alive or dead, and then quantum theory comes in. It's Simultaneously. Both. It's it, both. it can't be yeah. quantized, right? You cannot quantify whether or not the cat is dead or alive. So we have detangled Quantum. Like, that's where we are in the reality. Dope! I'm here. I'm, I'm, that's awesome. How do we solve this problem, though? Oh, I don't know. You just don't go outside and do anything. So to solve, like, all you have to do to solve the movie is to just do nothing. Right? 
Um, yeah, just stay in the house until the comet passes. Yeah. And that doesn't being the ultimate lesson because the one reality that she finds where they're all happy and vibing and not at each other's throats is the one where they all fucking decided to take the hippies ketamine and uh, just fucking vibe in the living room and not leave the house. And, you know, so it's like, well, I will say to the film's credit, like once they explain the entanglement stuff and mm -hmm. like not leaving the house, they've already left the house multiple times. Yes. Like, yeah. it's too late to be like, oh, hey, let's just Well, some that. people have, yeah, but, like... I mean, they leave the house literally it, immediately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, like, even after they explain that, people keep trying to leave the house and stuff. Yeah. And that, that it, I did find that pretty insufferable. Because their well, motive wasn't because, very good to leave the house either. I mean, and... everybody has their own, yeah. like, yeah, motives. The fucking, the, 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 the vest guy, the actor, he keeps thinking about what the other him is scheming. This, to me, is the most insufferable. And he's like, oh, he keeps, like, trying to think of ways to fucking, like, fuck with the other him because there's got to be a winner, right? When in reality, it's like, no, you don't want to interact well, at all. Well, like, he that's... takes the Schrodinger's cat thing too literally, literally yeah. in that, like, if the cat one is, is both, alive and yeah, one, one is, is alive and one is dead. So it's like, oh, he's determined, I'm going to be the one alive. And he even talked about, was like, well, I'm going to go over there and I'm going to kill him. And he's like, and they're like, no, why would you do that? And he's like, well, because the other me in, over there, he might be drinking. So what if he comes over here and kills us? Yeah. It's like, oh, the drinky version of me is homicidal. And it's like, I, I guess. It's not yeah. enough. There's not enough reason for, like, your character to fucking break, you know? Yeah, like they got to they gotta build that up a little bit. They have to, like, push him, do something to push him over the edge. He just kind of goes, oh, well, that one might be drinking, so well, he could be an axe is, murderer. And, and the like, thing well, is, too, is, like, he never he never does really break. Like, yeah. we, I, I did think that they were setting that up. It's like, yeah, he's going to start getting paranoid yeah, and drinking, and he's going to snap, or an alternate version of him is going to, well... Well, we do get that great scene <laughs> where... Great. <laughs> you know, secondary Mike runs in and just beats the crap out of and the then Mike runs in the house. and then runs yeah. back out. It's, it's almost it's funny so, how pathetic it it's, is. Yeah, it's so brief. It's like he just runs into the house, punches himself a few times, and then runs back out. See, it's like, I oh yeah, love that, was that it. scene though, because I imagine that to be one of the ones that decides that, oh, I'm just gonna kill all of them. Yeah. And he runs over there, and he's too pathetic and he, to actually do pathetic. anything, and he just... Yeah, I think that's, I think that's kind of funny, and I think that would be a fun way to... Like, that's something that you do sort of, like, early on, and then later on, for more of, like, a climactic moment, you have an even more, more deranged version come over with, like, a fucking axe or yes. something. That's what like, this movie should have been. There's gotta be, like... there's. Like yeah, you you keep there's gotta be that. some stakes, like, man. You, you you follow through on that one cool idea, right? Like oh, like clearly because reality is fucking destabilized, and there's a million, there's a there's an unthinkable number amount of us out there in the darkness that could be fucking doing anything from any iteration of that reality. There's going to be a few evil ones. Like, yeah. There's going to be a few where it's like, he, oh, they're from that like the, exact the, character, the mass murderer reality. That exact character even says that exactly, and I called it, it right before late. right before he did it. It was like, 
you said if they're the person out there, the others out there might be the dark versions. What if we're the dark versions? That was so insufferable. It was so funny when you said it right before he literally said it. right before he like, said it. Yeah, amazing. And but but then like the guy just kind of comes and beats on the other guy and runs out. And like, runs out. Yeah. And that's that's all we get of that. Like if you're gonna set up that like again little payoff when she's outside and she's looking through different realities. Could there have been one where like blood sprays up on the window? Well, we like get a cheap one square. where they're tied, they're tied up. up. Yeah, but that's not. But again, enough. like that's not. There's no action me, in that. Give me a little bit. Yeah, give that's me, Rocky and Bullwinkle shit. That's baby shit. They tied them up. Like, give me, give me something real. Give, give me, me a little more real like real stakes. Because what? Yeah. Instead of a deranged Mike coming over with an axe later and having a fucking shining moment or through the door. Mike. It's one of the it's one of the characters who looked like not it's nap it's nap time glasses girl right like she's the one with the axe because it's, it's Finnish Mike yeah. it's Mike but he's Finnish <laughs> that's funny see <sighs> the thing that I like though with this is it feels like there's elements that are more constant between realities sure you know than other things that are more variable yeah like for example the note. We see the note yeah. dozens of times because all these different, very varied versions leave the note. They're all and that's more different. of a constant. Well, no, they're written the exact same. Yeah, they're all identical. Well, yeah. no, I mean the realities. Like because because there's a oh constant, yeah they're yeah, slightly yeah. different. They're not the realities. You know, it's it's red red lights. No, blue they lights. they it's never not... they never go they never go as far as they never making, as us. making any of them yeah dramatically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not everything everywhere all at once. Yes, right. There's well, never a reality where they have hot sauce for I, fingers. Yeah. What I almost like about having none of the mics that are in this movie like evil evil. Like, the the evilest we get is one that runs up and punches. Because at its core, his character is pathetic. I agree. Like, I, I mean, you're not, you're not wrong. It's, not it's just not It's just not that interesting yeah. is, is the problem. No, like, I don't it think... is quantum. It's just the more variable outcomes are further away yeah. in, you know, from this reality. And I'm, reality, not, and I'm so. not saying that I want, like... Uh, a version of Mike to come over with like a goatee and like frosted tips, like Guy Fieri, and I like do. glowing red eyes that with like great. a fucking sword or something. <laughs> Different like, I'm movie, not, but I'm great. not, I'm not saying like go that far, but I think something that's still like a more dramatic end of the spectrum that's still, like, believable. Like, he doesn't have to be evil, but, like, make him, like, get shit-faced drunk, like, plastered. And, like, that, and he comes over with, like, an axe or, like, a a butcher knife or something and is sort of, like, clumsily trying to, like, you know, break the door down and get in. Like, at least then there's, like, some sort of... Some kind of like little excitement yeah. to like pull me in a little bit more because what they what they do for that climactic scene at the end instead is a version of Mike comes over and leaves a, a blackmail note for himself. It's like, hey, don't do such and such, or I'll tell uh, Beard that we fucked his wife 12 years ago and, and it's I, like and then that turns and then that that confrontation that fight is like the climax is like you fucked my wife 12 years ago how many people did all of so you know <laughs> did all of you know that, you, that he fucked my wife we all fucked your wife well that yeah i did think that yeah, actually was kind of a funny line yeah. as mike is like he's like he's like man it, that in 
every reality I fucked your bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you like, say it's it like that, one other reality, it's... you know, there happen to be that happen to coincide. Yeah, well, I mean, if it's truly, it's if it's truly quantum, there's both infinite realities where he did fuck his bitch and infinite realities where, where he, he didn't, didn't fuck his bitch. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah. But these characters are too stupid. To really but it's know. like that fight is sort of like the breaking point, and that's when Blonde is like. No, I'm going to go wander around in the dark for a couple of minutes while a smooth trip-hop song plays, and I look in the windows of all these different realities and see how we all fucking hate each other and we're all fighting. But now that reality, that looks like a nice one. My boyfriend actually likes me. So I'm gonna I'm fucking I'm gonna steal that bitch's life, <laughs> just like that other ballerina stole my life. I I do like how they kind of build to that moment of her getting kind of fed up with the reality she is in. Yeah, sure. Because she goes out to the car and she, you know, out of anxiety gets like a ring that was given to her by her boyfriend. That he won her at like a fair or something. Yeah, yeah like a cheap little. And she comes out, and he's out there, and they talk, and she says she went to grab the ring because, you know, it reminded her of good times, and he reminisces about these good times. There's been some tension because Red Dress is his Mm ex-girlfriend, and she's sort of trying to horn in on the action a little bit. Yeah, and then she mentions something that happened, and he doesn't recognize it. Um, and then there's a lot of tension because it's clear that he's from a different reality than her. I did kind of like that moment where she sort of like realizes and is sort of like slowly backing away from him. Cause they have like a moment where they like connect and hug. It's like, we're okay. Right. And he's like, yeah, why wouldn't we be okay? Like, yeah, everything's, you know, I don't know what that, other, what, what red dress bitch is, has on her mind, but we're rock solid, baby. See, I, I do kind of like that setting up her kind of being a tourist for other realities. Yeah. Because it introduces that, like, things are better elsewhere if, you know, I look for them. Better realities are possible. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, I, I, I do think that sets that up well. It is, is, it makes her decision to like, try to invade that other reality at the very end. Like, it makes it make more sense, because she's, like, had a taste of the ideal, or or an ideal. Because mm-hmm. then she goes back into the house, and her boyfriend, or, well, it turns out to be just a different shitty version of him, because all the quantum... Um... <laughs> See, I, I really like that concept, too, and I wish they would have played with that with more characters. Because the idea of, like, all these different characters, like, traveling to try to find the best reality for themselves. That's a more interesting movie. And again, I think you have space to do that if your cast is, like, four characters instead of eight. Yeah, more exploration on the iterations of those smaller sets of characters. Yeah, more fleshed out characters, yeah. Such a large cast where we already don't know them well enough as an audience to feel much when they are. And let us see both sides of that. Like, let us see realities that are better, but also realities that are worse, you Mm -hmm. know, like let the, and that's, Mm -hmm. that's an opportunity for like some good tension and like horror and spooky stuff, you know, 
I hate to to like boil it down to this, but this what this movie is fucking missing is it's missing a monster. And I don't mean like literally a monster, but like I don't know, like I feel like the comet is almost that. It's almost there, yeah. Like, the dark space in, like, the middle that they point out that they realize, like, when you pass through that, that's when you're passing into, like, a different reality or whatever. It's like, there's, I feel like there's hints at that. You you mentioned the Endless while we were, Mm -hmm. while we were watching this, because, like, it is kind of similar. There's a lot of similar themes. um, And it's like... Much better movie. Yeah, well, and the Endless has a monster. I don't like the reveal of the monster at the end. No. We talked about that on our episode. But, but at least like, there's something like, like... There's some action there. You know, there the monster can even... Yeah. The of best. this movie could even be just dread of being in the wrong reality. Yeah. You know, and introduce that, that things aren't right. Introduce that possibility and sooner. And I feel like that's yeah. almost what they're trying to get at, of the characters feeling off because they don't feel like they're in the right reality. But they don't do it quite no. well enough like they it doesn't feel like there's enough of a sense of dread throughout the movie that we're like oh this isn't right this is uncomfortable yeah you know it should make the audience feel more uncomfortable i, yeah, I think with just a little bit more zhuzh in this the cinematography and the score uh you know like this the mm. art direction of this movie we could have gotten that more too you know like bringing out that tension I don't know. That feeling between the characters. And, like, slowed things down a little bit. I don't think you're wrong. I mean, I feel like this, but, like, looking at this as, like, a sort of mumblecore film, like, I feel like you gotta distance yourself from the aesthetic to a certain degree because that's not the point of movies like this. I'm not saying that this kind of movie doesn't call for something like that, but I don't know. Man... (laughs) That fucking the the some of the outside stuff they were shooting, they had a very obvious like A camera and B camera. <laughs> the B camera just had like a much slower lens and they just had to crank the ISO way fucking up. So it's just like one shot to the next is like decent and then just like grainy. <laughs> I do think that was pretty distracting. I will say, too, visual aesthetic is one thing, but audio, man. Mm -hmm. No matter how low budget you're trying to go and, like, how little you care about the aesthetic, gotta have fucking cleanly recorded audio. I feel like a lot of audio in in this movie fucking sucks. You might say it's incoherent. We had to turn the subtitles. We had to on. turn the subtitles. Barrier. So the movies start. Okay, that, so that is a thematic thing. Like the way that that happened was, we started up the film. She's in the car on the phone with her with her fiance or whatever, and she says some words that are coherent. And then he starts coming in. He starts saying some words, and immediately, like we all stopped. And we're like struggling to hear it. And we're like, oh, we got to put on subtitles. This yeah. is you know like not coming through. And then right after we put on subtitles, her character says, "Hey, I can't really hear what you're saying." It's like, oh, coherence. I get yeah. it. Like, that's the theme. But it, it, he did talk for a good while. Like, long enough for us to, like, stop and be like, all right, this is a yeah. Well, I feel I, like they could have, like, degraded a little bit faster or, you know, like, they, that, they could have played the hand a little bit way more. to play into the theme. Well, too. it would have worked yeah. if, like, he... Feel like it's intentional. If we could have heard him clearly at first and then the signal got worse, then it would have worked. I think, I think it's a neat idea and you could... And, and 
for much shorter of a span of time. Not where the film is expecting us to think we can hear him. Yeah, I mean... Like, but, I, like, the idea is... I, I, I like that idea. Like, it's kind of cool on paper. Just my, my problem is that most of the movie didn't sound like they were really, like, miking any of the actors or even, like, booming them. Like, there's some shit that just straight up sounds that it's, like, on cam- like the, the on-camera mic. Like, maybe they put a shotgun mic on it or something. But a lot of the other stuff, too, just sounds like there's, like, a room mic. Because, like, they're all mixed differently. There's, like, a kind of, like, general echo. Yeah, the the audio quality is not... It definitely bounces around throughout the movie, too. Like, there are scenes where it's very clear. Yeah. And others where you can't read what's going on as well, and it's more echoey. Yeah, tinny it just even. yeah, it just the the sound quality just sounds bad. Like, I don't care if you don't want to like if you just want to like light your film with just like the lights you have in the room and go full mumblecore that way. But like, get good audio because well, bad bad audio is way more distracting than anything else in a movie. Well, in mumblecore, it's bad too because you know. You're already dealing with a lot of overlapping dialogue where, like, at its core, it's meant to not, you know, be completely coherent 100% anyways. Right. So, I agree. Yeah. It's it's a bad technical error. Yeah, and that's a weird thing, too, about, like, I'm sure this movie was just, like, the tiniest of budgets, but it's, like... This, the dude who made it has obviously worked in the industry, right? So, you, <laughs> you'd think he could, like, at least... He'd at least know how to, like, fucking properly record sound for a scene. I don't know. You ready to rate it? Yeah, let's rate Yeah, I don't have anything else to say about this. Who wants to go first? We had a funny conversation... Uh, before we started recording about what you would do if you came across your own doppelganger, I, I have a pretty definitive answer. You know, like I would, I would figure it out. I'd sit down and I'd be like, okay, we gotta, we gotta split some of these tasks up in our life, and we'll just, we'll figure it out. You know, like we'll, we'll get there. Yeah, you use what it. What if to... the other you doesn't want to play along like that? It, it's if it's if it is exactly me, then it would. I have confidence in that because I know myself. Like. We'd sit down. We figured. But when is but when is the doppelganger ever exactly you? Well, yeah. Then then there'd be a problem. (laughs) Sure, but isn't that sort of the whole point? It's like almost you, but not quite. Yeah, but it it depends on what, how not quite. You know. Yeah. Is it murderous? Well, then no. But like, if if it's just like, what if it's exactly you? But the only difference is. You know? It really is into My Little Pony. Um, yeah, I was gonna say it's like it's willing to to, to share to share the room, <laughs> share the apartment, and to you know do double the work and stuff. All that stuff you're saying, at least until we can go off in our own. But separate it's ways, yeah. but he's got but he's got some really weird fetishes. Yeah, well, you know, like that's that's it, the kind of thing it's like weird, you don't right? you don't you don't know you don't know because that that's a, a, the type of difference that reveals itself later you know me yeah. i'm just not associating i'm gonna tell my doppelganger to turn his ass around and go back where he came from not interested your doppelganger says i can't the meet the comet's passed 
shit. What do you do? Yeah. Maybe I'm one of the ones who, could, who tries to kill him, or maybe he kills me. I don't know. So you would fuck See, up the whole comic See, if you turn party. your doppelganger away, That's the problem. they could commit crimes in your name. Yeah, and you'd be on the hook for it. Now you need to establish trust with your. There's literally a whole, a whole, a uh, whole uh, uh, supernatural here. episode about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got it. I'm telling you guys, like this is a PSA. You have to establish trust with your doppelganger, even if they're into some weird shit. You gotta like fucking get through that and past it. But what if these? And, what and if help he's yourself not, grow as a person? But what if he's not trustworthy? <laughs> and he doesn't trust me either. We'll figure it out. You have to at least try. I don't know, man. You've got to at least try to sit down. Like I don't know. I think I just. I no. I think I just turned him away. Yeah. If he try. shows, if he shows up at my door, I'm the one inside, so he has to leave. What, what if both of you are really into someone, and the other person likes the other you Dog, more? Plenty of fish in the sea. Yeah, good for them. There's more people out there. Figure it out. You're single. Go mingle. I, I think you're I think you're brushing that kind of thing off way too easily. Nah, just try. I think you would find I think you would find it much harder to to make this kind I didn't of thing say work it than be you easy. believe. I that it would be easy. Okay, I'm I just think you would find it. Mu- I think you'd find it much harder than 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 you're making it out. No, nah, I'm not. I'm not saying it wouldn't be. It, there wouldn't. It wouldn't come with challenges. But you have to put in the effort. Otherwise, you're just going to get murdered by your doppelganger. Like, and that's, that's no good. You can't go into a doppelganger scenario with murderous intent. you got to put out the good vibes and receive the good vibes. Okay. Like, that's... Note to self. If you ever find a doppelganger of Cleve, send him to Cleve's house. Well, since doppelgangers aren't real, I don't, and I'm not there's super worried. There's people that look very that. similar. Yeah, yeah but there's yeah, set, but there's the, eight billion people on the planet. Right, but that's not an actual doppelganger. It's a it's a phrase. It's a turn of speech. Like a literal yeah. doppelganger that is like a copy, yeah. a perfect copy of you is. Well, that's might, the point. Might be out <laughs> there. It doesn't exist. <laughs> exactly. There, you know? We're not talking about perfect doppelganger. It's like the different reality versions of you. Aren't perfect copies of you? Yeah, and, we're and going that's with that the version. whole thing. That's what I was saying at the beginning. Like you know, you gotta we gotta specify from the top. And like if it is a perfect one, yeah, dude, but it's never a perfect one. Yeah, well, that's, if it's that's not, the whole point. Try. And then yeah. if not, you gotta try. You gotta put in the effort, but it's not easy. That's the that's, that's the un- why I'm gonna invite uh, everyone that even looks slightly like you to your house to be like, oh hey, I'm Cleveland Mosher. All right, it's well the, they're they're not. It's the uncanniness, which I get. So I don't really see the point. But anyway, two point five. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, th- yeah. Three. Um, it's got some interesting ideas. I didn't hate it. I hated the characters, but I didn't hate the movie. Um, I think that there are lots of nuggets of of a good movie in there. So three. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I mentioned early on that the first time I watched it, I gave it a three. And I was going to say it's higher, but after talking about it, I think it's about the same. It's a three. We talked you back down. Yeah. Um, It's a three. It's good. You know, conceptually, it's it's very cool. Yeah, I agree. Um, Well, that will give Coherence an average of 2.8 out of 5. And you know what I will say? Is I appreciate that Zach picked this movie for yeah, us to talk, talk about, about. Yeah. and I appreciate, even though it's, it's a very difficult movie to talk about coherently, 
I appreciate Zach's picks because everything he's picked, even if we haven't loved it, has been something that we never would have watched for the the podcast otherwise, and it's always given us really good conversation. Mm -hmm. So, Zach, keep picking fucking weird <laughs> movies that we might or might not no, like. I, I do really appreciate it. It's, it's nice to have some uh, some stuff that is outside of our own uh, preferences, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, what the fuck is next week? We've talked about it before. Oh! Scream! Scream 6! Yes! yes. Scream good. 6 is next week. Um, Scream and the Big Apple, yeah, baby! Yeah, it's in New York, baby. Much like the last I'm, Scream. Hey, I'm, I'm screaming here! Hey, I'm <laughs> Much like the last Scream. Will I make that joke again next week? Probably. <laughs> Almost certainly. I hope you do. Uh, but... Yeah, uh, the last Scream had a terrible trailer. Uh, they didn't ha- have us that excited, and it ended up being great. The movie turned out to be great. It's not a terrible trailer. Who knows? The same people making the movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna make. It's I'm gonna call we don't my know. shot now. Yeah, it's quantum. Maybe it's uh, bad and good. At the same you know, time. it was revealed that Tamara Weaving is in this. I think she's gonna be the first kill. She's great. She's gonna be the I first kill killed she's... immediately. See, it's interesting that you say that because I think your prediction at the beginning of the year is that she's the killer. So you've that's my preference. You've reversed she's, the she's, fact she's, that she's, really she's not shown in, in any, any trailers, trailers or anything leads me to believe she's probably killed first. Yeah. Or she could be the killer. She could be the one under the mask, and that's why we don't see her. Uh-huh, yeah, sure. could be a could be a fake out. Yeah, yeah who knows? Well, tune back next week to find out. Um, do we have results for Cocaine Bear? Oh, shit. Yes, we do. Um, okay, for Cocaine Bear, I predicted it would get a Rotten Tomato score of 40. TSU predicted 58. And Cleavy predicted 81. It's currently sitting at 69. Oh. <laughs> nice. Nice. Wait, who's that? Who puts that? Who's that closer to? Cleave or me? Because I said you by one by one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nice. (laughs) I couldn't do math for a second. That's okay. Hold on. Let me pull. You could do math at the time when you made that prediction. And that's all that matters. I do think it's funny that it ended up at 69 because the couple of days leading up to the to opening weekend, all the pre-screeners for a couple days on Rotten Tomatoes, it had 100 (laughs) percent. Everyone's like, oh, my God, cocaine bear is going to be amazing. It's like. Come on, man! It's based off of like three that's like three people who liked the movie, you know. <laughs> Ooh, okay. So opening weekend, I predicted eight and a half mil. TC predicted fifteen mil, and Cleview predicted four mil. I'm wrong. I know I'm wrong. It had an opening weekend of twenty three point two million. <laughs> awesome. Yeah! Awesome. That movie can make as much money as it wants, Mike. Even I was low, wow. Yeah. Fantastic. Yay. Yeah. Horror, horror movies making money. Let's go. Yeah, so, uh, do you Except remember Collective Rating? <laughs> it's okay. I think it was three and a half. It was like 3.8, I think. Yeah. Because, uh, Cleave and Goomba Sam gave, gave it, it a four. four. yeah. So, uh, I predicted 3.3. TC predicted three. Cleave, you predicted four. There you go. Cleave. Cleave. Yep. See, taglines. Uh, nice. The bear does so much snow, you'd think it was a polar bear. Who's that? Me. Okay. It's got that much okay, white. Did they yeah. make that joke in the movie? No, but they should have. They should have. Uh, 
Uh, TC said, probably bad, but hopefully in a fun way. Rip Ray Liotta. Cleve, you said, looks like a good gimmick movie. Yeah. It was yeah. to me. Good stuff. Nice. Yeah. I was I was thinking about that because uh, another film that has a, a bear in it that's coming out or is out now is uh, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, and that looks like a bad gimmick movie. Yeah. So at least this one, it's a gimmick. It's a it's cocaine bear, but, you know, at least it's fun. And, yeah. You know, it knows what it is. Cocaine bear was fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm fine with its existence. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's do a sponsor. Yeah. Didn't we already do the sponsor? Oh shit! Another Cleveland just ran in and took the sponsor. Oh my can god! From the shelf, because <laughs> it's a shelf. You not better, a you better work together with him. Yeah. Well, you already ran out. I uh, I don't know what's going on there. Uh, but I would I would love to. Maybe maybe it's the evil doppelganger. You know, it's the really it's from the hell dimension doppelganger. What if you're the evil one? God, I hope so. Cleve, would you fuck your doppelganger? Depends on the doppelganger. Fair enough. You know, how evil, how whatever, how hot. Is it? Is it me from the super hot dimension? <laughs> that's some That's some Ant-Man what and if, the Wasp what Quantumania if... type shit. Jeez, there's a knock on your door. It's you, but it's from the, the big anime titty uh, dimension. Oh, man. What do you do? <laughs> Gotta kill that dude. <laughs> Gotta kill that It's dude. an abomination. It must die. Yeah, it's good. All right. I'd kill the hot one if it showed up, too. <laughs> okay. Oh wait! Another Cleveland has, has appeared. It's it's from the shrimp dimension, though. He smells terrible. He's giving me the canister back. Is it the same canister from the sponsor shelf in our dimension, or is it an entirely different one? What Matisse or sponsor shelf actually wrote this sponsor? Who knows? Let's read it and find out. This one says, uh, uh, "Okay, this episode was brought to you by the DVD menu of a movie you fell asleep watching at your friend's house in middle school." Hopefully that transports you back to a time that we've all had in our lives. And if you haven't experienced that time, maybe you woke up in the wrong dimension. Y'all got any particular memories of DVD menus? Waking up on a friend's couch with a DVD menu rolling? A million. I got a million of them. Probably like the water boy. I think Super Bad was was one oh, for yeah. me. Yeah. Watch that with my my friends. <laughs> yeah, all our, all our buddies in high school got together one time. We all watched. Fuck, uh, um, it's the same guy did pie. It's uh, what is it? The, the Requiem for a Dream, and we all got really oh, bummed sh- out. Sh- <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> what a what a, the DVD what a bummer what a bummer way to end the night. Yeah, and then another time it was the, the original Silent Hill movie. And... All right, well that's it. Uh, if you like the show, be sure to leave us a five-star rating uh, on Apple Podcasts. It will help us get in more people's ears. Uh, you can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash podpeoplepod. Shout out to our honorary pod boys, Sam Simon and Zach Confer. And an extra special shout out to the newest honorary pod boy who joined the Patreon, yeah. Meryl is is the newest added to the ranks of the of the pod boys welcome to the fold welcome we welcome you and we appreciate your support uh and you've already got your first film on the list for the next what is it called patreon pick mm-hmm. <laughs> this movie has quantum spaghettified my brain damn i'll have what you're having <laughs> um uh, yeah twitter pod people pod letterboxed you know you know all the things um i'm on twitter 
at some spooky snake and streaming on Twitch at some spooky snake. I'm almost done with Resident Evil Seven. Yeah, you got close. I got, I got a I got, decent amount. Of hell it. yeah, I got pretty close. I think I'm I'm thinking towards the end. So, yeah. Um, I'm on Twitter at Mister Sheets, and I work at uh, Dread XP these days. Have for a minute. Uh, go check out all the cool games over there. Go wishlist Hand of Doom. Go uh, get hype for My Friendly Neighborhood coming soon. I don't know if we've announced specifically soon when. I don't want to. I did see. NDAs. I did see on Twitter that it said soon. It did. It is. It is soon. I I do think I know how soon, but I I, I can't say how. Soon. Can't say. But but, but rest assured. Get hype. It's soon. Yeah. Um. Go go wishlist that instead of fucking garden of band band three or whatever the fuck that that thing is that came what? out recently. What? Uh, don't worry about it it's are you, are you starting street beef with another indie no. what, is Gar- what is garden no. of band band a, three it's a joke no it's fine i don't have any hate towards it but um <laughs> uh <laughs> what's happening <laughs> just cut that whole bit um or leave it in make me look like an idiot i, I don't know I, I guess I am one. It doesn't matter. I'm I'm tired. I, no, that, that was is, other cleat that said just, that. Yeah, yeah that was ran in and said that, that was the that was the thing. evil that was the, the evil, evil cleat with bad intent. Towards, yeah. Uh, no, uh, uh, much like Tease, my brain is spaghetti. I'm I'm yeah, tired. We've we've been we've been quantum <laughs> we've been quantumifying and the ketamine is kicking in. We so. have quantum mania. I hope not. I don't want that. Ant-Man and the Wasp. <laughs> I feel like that, that image of weird CG Modoc that's going around, that's me right now. Yeah. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Chair. K-Hole Mania. K-Hole Mania. <laughs> Everything's alright Why'd I get this huge satellite You're just a use three websites A little in the morning A little in the yeah, I might call the mental health line Just to ask for a good time It might appear like I'm driving Straight for the mode Oh baby, but it's one of those cars That turns into a boat A serial killer for the 